Hello and welcome to Broccoli News, Radio Broccoli's weekly programme of news and information, keeping you up to date with what's happening in and around the hospital. I'm Ron Labour and today we'll hear about a brand new podcast series exploring the story of the RNOH ghost known as the Grey Lady, plus music from Kieran Lancini. Nicola Lane is an RNOH patient who was born in San Francisco and lived in seven cities in seven different countries before the age of 16. In 1967, she came to the UK and began her foundation year at the St Martin's School of Art. She graduated with distinction in 1972 and has worked as a fine artist ever since. In 2011, Nicola founded her not-for-profit company, Pegleg Productions, and in 2012, Big Lottery A4A funded The Fitting Room, a film project created in collaboration with a group of amputee women sharing their experience of prosthetics. Filmed in the Prosthetic Rehabilitation Unit here at the RNOH, which Nicola has attended since 1988. In 2019, she returned to the RNH with Pegleg Productions once again, now with the support of the National Lottery Heritage Fund, who awarded her company through a First World War Then and Now grant to mark the First World War centenary at the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital. Searching for the Grey Lady, a ghost from World War I at the RNOH. Earlier in the week, I caught up with Nicola at her London home via an online chat. Hello, Nicola. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. It's very nice to have you and uh, very interested to hear the story of how you got involved uh, with the project and, and how the project has developed. Right. It's it's a complicated project, Ron, you know, because the, the RNOH is a very complex place, as you well know. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And it's, uh, and it's got a lot of rambling history over the years and all the changes that have gone on. Yes. And it's got a very rambling site as well. And uh, I, I've been a patient there at the prosthetics rehabilitation unit as it's now called it used to be called the limb fitting center or the it's changed over the years anyway it's a difficult mouthful so we call it the pru um and that's at the opposite end of the rnoh site as you well know from the main gate and so i've been going there since 1988 and the receptionist there we were talking about the beauty of the nature around us on the site and she then said to me and did you know there's a gray lady a ghost and I was completely fascinated of course um, and so that started the germ of an idea and when I did a bit of digging I discovered about Mary Wardell who is essentially the, the reason that everything is there and so, first of all, the idea was that maybe Mary Wardell was the ghost, or was it a nun from an ancient nunnery? But as I began to look into it, it seemed clear that 
there are many grey lady ghosts throughout the UK and they're associated mainly with military hospitals and they seem to be associated with the First World War. So I decided that was the way to start the project, to think about the First World War and where the ghost fitted in and how the ghost represented the history of, of the hospital and to try and discover more. So that was the beginning of the whole thing. And then I began to discover, a bit like pulling a piece of wool in a jumper, that uh, <laughs> actually there were quite a number of ghosts on the site, <laughs> people told me. Um, but it was the history that began to be really, not the ghost, but the presence within the hospital. It was the history that became the presence. And... Um, it's utterly fascinating, but as Eva has discovered, it's very di dispersed. The, the, the archives, the, the information, the photographs, either missing or, or dispersed. And Derek, um, finally, he, she contacted him and he provided a box full of treasures and that was a very important find and then gradually bits and pieces started to appear and the picture became clearer so just to clarify for our audience Derek Sayers has been long time holder of the photographic records yes. the RNH and when he when he finally retired uh, not only from the hospital but from the friends association um he handed over to Eva Hattonova who is uh, the head of research at the RNOH yes I know Derek was very passionate about it and and he was very keen because when I he was still there involved with the friends when when I last spoke to him and I know he was very very keen that it be handed on not just thrown in the back of a a, a cupboard somewhere and forgotten about yes yes exactly exactly and that is Eva's um uh, desire as well isn't it to Mm. And and um, part of the funding that the most recent funding um, from the Cultural Recovery Fund um, is is a way of conserving and and managing and and sharing the archive, which would be a great thing if if it could be really brought together and and looked after. Yes. Going back to your original point, you said that there there seem to be many ghosts around the country and associated with World War One hospitals. Yes, is it, it, have you have you discovered a reason why World War One hospitals yes, generated yes. this? It looks as if the First World War created so much death and so much injury. It was an extremely traumatic time for the nation, not just here, but in France and Germany as well. And there was a huge rise in spiritualism and visions and all that kind of thing. And that seemed to come out of people's longing to deal with this trauma. So I think it is associated with that. And also the nurses wore a kind of grey 
uniform. That's one theory. Um, and then has the story also been used, you know, just as a way of, of, of um, in the case of the stories in the hospital, I think I've heard that the grey lady was sometimes used perhaps to make children behave in the wards. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scared them um, silly, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, that, these are all theories. I don't know. I asked the, the librarian of the Imperial War Museum who gave a talk at the hospital last year. I asked her and she said there's a grey lady at the Imperial War Museum in London because it used to be Bedlam. It used to be the, 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 the insane asylum. Um, so again, there's another grey lady associated with what was a hospital building. Um, then there's Derek, I believe, completely poo-poos the idea of the grey lady and says that it was made up by some imaginative nurse one day. So it's, it's up for grabs. But for me, what it's really about is the past is present in our everyday life. Right. We, we have it in our everyday life. The hospital definitely has it. The, the um, legacies of the First World War are definitely within the hospital, within the medical profession, certainly within prosthetics, big time. Because there were over 51,000, or is it no, 41,000 men who lost limbs mm. in the First World War in this country alone. So this, this project originally started uh, pre-COVID. Yes. And... and and was going to be a, a, a film project, yes? Yes, yes. Um, but you, you had to pull the reins in a bit on that, I believe. I remember I was in the um, prosthetics unit um, talking to Dr Sedke, who's the rehabilitation consultant there. We had discussed arranging an interview with him and others there to discuss the changes between prosthetic limbs in the First World War and now, we were standing by the coffee machine and he said, we have to stop everything because COVID has happened and I believe we're all going to be closed down. So all filming had to stop and I couldn't contact, I couldn't interview participants anymore or come and look around the site. So everything had to stop. And that was, that was um, a worry to me, what was going to happen to the project. So I thought, right, well, what, what would be good? I thought audio, lots of research, we can share the research through audio and people driving home after a long day at the hospital, they can listen to it and it might be better than, you know, putting out a film, putting the film out on, on the internet. It's not the same. It, it's, it's, um, a less satisfactory way of sharing something when people are busy because they've got to set aside time to watch the film. Mm. Whereas with audio and a podcast, you can actually listen to it while you're driving or doing the washing up. Mm. So you've, you've completed or very nearly completed a podcast. Yes. Specific on, on the grey lady. On the history, tracing, tracing the history. Yes. Up to World War One, yeah, yeah. So, is there more to come? <laughs> when you say is there more to come, 
Well, I'm hoping that the film will come. I'm hoping that as this money has been allocated to Peg Leg Productions, that we can finish the film. Um, and um, yeah, and so there will be both the podcast and the film, and they might even be combined in some way. Um, so that, that, that would be good to do that. You're listening to Radio Broccoli, and we'll return to the fascinating story from Nicola Lane straight after this piece of music from Australian artist Kieran Lancini. Kieran Lancini and Crazy, recorded live exclusively for Radio Broccoli's Alpha Sessions show. 
and you can see the whole session and interview on our YouTube channel at www.youtube forward slash alpha sessions and look out for his current single entitled I Need You. Don't forget you can make a music request at any time by calling us on internal extension 5483 or our outside line on 0208 954 6591. You can also find us on social media or using the make request function on our website. You're listening to Broccoli News. Let's return now to the search for the Grey Lady and Nicola Lane. So at the moment we're we're looking at a single podcast which you're planning to release in early December? I have to correct you there, Ron. There's around four or five episodes of the podcast. Episode one is going to be released around December the 4th. And episode one is called The Triumph of Miss Mary Wardell. And episode two is called The Despair of Miss Mary Wardell. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a bit of an up and down ride. (laughs) Well, basically, the history of the hospital is an up and down ride. And it all, the up and down bits refer to to money. Um, So are these going to be weekly, monthly or sort of random podcasts that come out (laughs) as and when? (laughs) The first one, as we said, around December the 4th. The second one, The Despair of Miss Mary Wardell, is is set, happens at Christmas. So that will be released just before Christmas. And then the third one will, will come out in January after Christmas. OK, well, we're, we're, we're certainly going to look forward to that. Can you give us any idea of where the story goes? The story begins in 1883 which is when Britain is experiencing both extreme wealth and extreme poverty and Mary Wardell is a lady in London with private means and like many ladies of that time she did good works women at that time didn't work middle-class women but they did a lot of good works And she was appalled by the situation in the East End with children getting scarlet fever and not being able to go anywhere to get better, to convalesce. And there was an absolute epidemic. There are many, many parallels with now. Britain was ravaged by epidemics of disease and she was one of the many who was attempting to mitigate that. And her great idea was to establish a convalescent home for scarlet fever patients away from London in the healthy air of Brockley Hill and not disturbing any neighbours. And she worked all her life to make this work. And so the beginning is all about her struggle to make it work. And then subsequently her struggle to keep it going because that was a big struggle. And then, of course, the First World War happens, and the hospital turns from being a convalescent home for for scarlet fever into an auxiliary military hospital. And then we discover, which was a great discovery for me, um, about the Belgians. 
Now, I had no idea that there were 250,000 Belgian refugees that arrived in this country in 1914. And some of the Belgian wounded soldiers were looked after at Mary Wardell's Auxiliary Military Hospital. And that is the photograph that you may have seen, Ron, which is the group of nurses and soldiers outside Eastgate House. Those are Belgian soldiers and they're convalescing there. So there's all of that. And also the training of nurses. A lot of nurses were trained at the Mary Wardell Hospital and afterwards when it became a military hospital. And there's all the fascination of, of the whole role of nurses in the First World War, which is a very big deal. It completely changed their, their status and their professional status. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it really is a very interesting story. It is. Also, you have a website, Searching for the Grey Lady. Do you want to give the uh, URL for that? The website is www.peglegproductions, all one word, dot org. So peglegproductions.org. Okay, that's great. And I also noticed you're, you you have then fed that information, some of that information, into uh, a, a Gateways for the First World War site. Yes, yes. Gateways to the First World War helped me um, establish the project. They were working with the Heritage Lottery to, to, to enable people to put together projects for the, the First World War centenary. Um, so there's, there's a little bit about the project on the Gateways to the First World War. But the most that people can read about is in Peg Leg Productions. Yeah. In in the, the our search for the grey lady, which which shares a lot of the, the 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 discoveries and searches that we made, and lots of lots of very interesting pictures as well. Yes, it's I I, I can highly recommend um, people to look at that. Um, it, it's a it, I think it's a very good companion to the podcast. Yes, yes, it's got lots of information there um and various discoveries that that we made along the way each episode of the podcast i will feature on the peg leg productions website so that each episode will have its own little little bit of info extra information cast list etc you know for for people to find out more if they want to I just want to add one thing that the RNOH put out a, a call out for people to help with the podcast. Um, and I got the most amazing response. And the thing I'd like to really say about that response is that a lot of them were both present and former patients. And they really, really wanted to express their, their affection and gratitude to the hospital. And that really struck me. And one of them, and I would like to particularly mention this, one of them, uh, Laura McGuinness, head of history at Claremont High School Academy, a forever grateful former patient at the RNOH. And Laura has done a lot of excellent research for, for the podcast. 
and her, her school responded to the lockdown in an incredibly creative way. And she and other history teachers in Northwest London have put together this great Instagram history class called the History Corridor. And it is utterly brilliant. And I recommend it. So she was one of the, the, the forever grateful patients. And another patient is an artist who teaches at St. Martin's and a recent patient. And she gained enormous strength from this particular tree outside her ward. And she would go out and sit by the tree and it gave her enormous solace. And um, other people have mentioned how the grounds give them a great deal of solace and, and strength. Staff as well have said the same thing. Um, and so that was a, a, very, a very interesting response to the call out, I felt. And also a, a um, orthopedic consultant from Poland contacted me and um, uh, he worked at the RNOH some years ago. He's now back in Warsaw, but he contacted me and he's part of the podcast. That's, that's fabulous. And you know, we, we uh, you know, the hospital radio spend a lot of time interviewing people in and around the hospital and you'll be probably aware of the buttercup days yes. and things like that um it just it's a story that over and over again people are so grateful to the work and, and are so generous with their time and just want to give something back to the hospital that sort of phrase we hear time and time again i, I just wanted to give something back to the hospital because they've given me so much Yes, and I think that was that was a, a, a wonderful thing to experience to have that response, mm. and I and I feel that that's what makes the podcast special, is that it's not just the history, it's the fact that it's being performed and read by the patients, the the staff, nurses, and and volunteers, and that I think makes it very special. Well, thanks thanks very much for your time, Nicola. And maybe we can catch up with you again uh, nearer Christmas and, uh, and and maybe talk a little bit about the, the Christmas podcast. But yes, it, yes. But in the meantime, um, Searching for the Grey Lady uh, is going to be out on podcast on December the 4th. Yes, I think it, get, it gets premiered on Radio Broccoli and then it will be available for download so anyone listening to this in the hospital now uh, will be aware of where they can get the uh, Radio Broccoli series of podcasts. And uh, if not, just check our website, uh, www.radiobroccoli.org, and you'll find that and a whole lot more information about uh, things going on. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you again. Thanks, Ron. Really appreciate it. And it's a great pleasure to work with Radio Broccoli. A really interesting story there from Nicola Lane. And I would urge you to check out the Peg Leg website to read more background and to see the collection of photographs going back to the late 1800s. The website address again is www.peglegproductions.org. Peglegproductions, all one word, .org. 
and that will take you directly to the RNOH story. And the first episode of those podcasts will be available to listen to from Friday the 4th of December from wherever you listen to Broccoli News. You can listen to this and previous editions of Broccoli News via our podcasts, which also include specially recorded programmes on mental health, plus you'll find programmes from other charities here in the hospital, the Disability Foundation and the Skeletal Cancer Trust. There are links to our website at radiobroccoli.org or just search Radio Broccoli wherever you get your podcasts from. And a reminder that if you're in the hospital, you can also hear extended editions of Broccoli News on Sunday between 7 and 8pm and Monday to Fridays between 6 and 7pm. enjoyed this edition of Broccoli News. My name is Ron Laver and I look forward to being with you again soon. But for now it's goodbye. Mm-hmm.